RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Tracy Beans and Michael Pelka. You hate when I do that, don't you? Well, I'm so used to going beans. Okay, well, that's good. I don't have a clever nickname like that. You know, I, I told you I was five before I realized my first name was not damn it. <laughs> Frank says, I don't know, like Wednesday Val or like Frankie Val on the drums because he's a Are drummer. you going to be comparing me to your ex? He's not my ex. I know, but, you know, it's kind of like you don't bring up the other guy in front of the guy. Oh, sorry. Well, I'm just saying what I'm used to. That's the reason why I was weirded out when you said my name. <laughs> I just want you to know you will never get used to me. Well, that's good. I don't want to be used to you ever. <laughs> uh, you will never know where I'm coming from. You might think you do, but you will never know where I'm coming from. Do you want to quickly chat about um, a couple of points of business first, and then we'll get into uh, this, this de- debauchery that just happened? Uh, the debauchery from from uh, Ukraine you're talking about? Yes. Okay, yeah, uh, let's get to, to business. Everybody today needs to be watching some tennis around 4.30 Eastern when American Riley Opelka plays Rafael Nadal out in California. That's, that's fantastic. That's the most important thing going on today, fourth round of the BP Paribas Open, the fifth major, if you will, in American tennis. And my nephew, who is currently the highest ranked American tennis player uh, and number 16 in the world is taking on the great Rafael Nadal. It should be an incredible match. And I have ultimate faith that uh, there will be an upset and Riley will walk away the winner. And he, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. Yeah, you are. So yesterday he, uh, he stood up against the, basically he stood up for um, Novak Djokovic. I was, Yes, going to say Djokovic, yeah. but I didn't want to say it wrong because I have this complex that you're going to correct me. So, No, uh, don't worry about that. And you're allowed to correct me. I'm used to it. I'm married 30 years. So that's, that's all right. But yeah, Novak Djokovic, one of the greatest tennis players ever to get on the court and one of the healthiest people in the country, in the world right now, cannot play in America because he will not get vaccinated. He does not feel he needs to. He's like 33 or 34 years old, and he is amazingly healthy, and he doesn't feel like he wants to introduce this vaccine into his body. And I think that's the right everybody should have had and respect the choice, whether someone said, yeah, I'm taking it or said I'm not. And Djokovic looked at all of the data, especially as it affected people under 40 And he said, no, I'm not doing this. He got thrown out of Australia for the Australian Open, cost him the number one position in tennis because he couldn't earn any points and untold thousands of dollars. And now he can't play in in um, California in the Paribas Open. And next week is Miami. He can't play there either. So my nephew put out a statement respecting Novak and uh, the Djokovic family put an ad together and posted it online. It was on Twitter. It was everywhere. And so, uh, you know, he's Djokovic is a guy who stands up for 
the little guy in tennis. And he, he can do that because he's in a position of power. People don't always do it, but he can and he does. Yeah. And I mean, it was fantastic to see uh, your nephew standing up like that with, with so much that he has to lose by doing so. It, Riley is w- many things in terms of uh, who he is as a young 24-year-old man. Uh, one of them is fearless. And he also is wise enough to put a position together so that he's able to defend himself with facts and not just feelings. He is unlike many in his generation. Fantastico. That's great. Yeah. Um, so that like quickly moving into, we got mixed feedback on the show on Monday. A lot of people loved it. Some people didn't. I told you there would be a visceral reaction. Didn't I? Um, you give him my home phone number. <laughs> Just please give it to him. I'd love to chat with everyone. It's no, okay. I- it's okay. Not to like what we're saying. That's, if everybody agreed with everything, God, wouldn't life be boring? You know, that's the thing I'm trying to get through to some folks who are like, Meh! like the ones who are unhappy about some of the things we've talked about are the loudest, obviously. Right. And then there are so many people that are like, wow, that conversation was great. It's going to help me with my family members because I get super emotional, not me, the people talking, get super emotional about stuff like that. And it was such an unemotional rational debate among two people who, you know, were able to have a, I guess we, we agreed on more than we disagreed on Mike. Right. But generally, and they, you know, that's kind of where you draw the line and your friends, if you agree on 51% of things, you probably can be friends and get along. You know, that's that we used to have that in America. It yeah. used to be called uh, an appreciation for the other's opinion. Yeah. And I mean, I, I just, I'm, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, so it was good. I think it was good. I loved it. I think it was one of the best ones we've done so far of all the ones. And um, guess what's coming up? Um, St. Patrick's <laughs> Day tomorrow. Outside of that, in I August. Um, I, that's very far ahead for a man of my advanced years. It is the second annual Dark Delight Extravaganza. Now, you weren't around for the first annual Dark Delight Extravaganza. Is this like uh, is this like Coachella where a bunch of wackos get together in the desert and hang out and sleep around the fire and tell stories? It, it's sort of like Coachella, except we have a big mansion that we rent out and there's Iron Chef and we do the show live from the uh, the big mansion where everybody sits around the huge table in the kitchen that seats like 50 people. Wow. You had me at Iron Chef. Yeah, we did Iron Chef. It was something else. I, I'm totally in on this. Yes. And- I I think I'm a foodie. I'm not. I my if I have a uh, an AI version of me, it'll be a foodie. It'll be some kind of accomplished chef. Right now, there isn't in Meta somewhere. There's a me that'll be a foodie, but not right now. I um I I we had such a good time. Like some of the ingredients that we picked for the Iron Chef were out of this world. So I'm not going to share any of them because I don't want to give anything away in case I choose to do them again. But that so was. When is this happening? It will be August uh, 26th through September 1st here in uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That's not good. Tickets are going on sale. Probably I'll I'll put the flyer in the show notes below so that anybody who's missed it last time, because afterwards last time everyone was like, damn it. I really wish I would have done this. Now, I want to do it. But what was the sport we just talked about? Tennis. Right. And what happens? The end of August, the first week of September, every year in New York City in Flushing Meadow. Open. Yeah. 
one of the four biggest tennis tournaments in the entire world. And who's likely to be playing in that tennis tournament? Look, family comes first, Mike. I know. Always, always. And that is one of the things. That's a base thing that you and I have that locks us forever. Because I've I've bugged Tracy on the weekend and said, hey, any chance you could do something right now with me? And she's like, no, family. So I'm like, okay, got it. I have to do that. If I don't, if I don't do that, it's, it's very bad for everybody. And I've been guilty of it. And I learned from that mistake and I will never let it happen again. Well, I totally respect it. And um, you never know, look, if something happens and I, I don't want you to think I, you're my second choice, but I will walk across crushed glass to go see Riley play tennis, especially at Flushing Meadow in Queens at the tennis center. It is it's amazing. It's the tennis mecca in America. That's fine. We'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. We'll we'll live stream you in or something. Yeah, that, yeah we could do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll be courtside or I'll be at there's, yeah. a, there's a Heineken tent that is very well attended. We will make, be <laughs> we will be at the beach and uh, swimming in the pool and barbecuing and having an all around fun time um, outside and. We had one house last year and it sleeps like 72 people. Um, but we're going to probably need to do two this year. So two big mansions. They're actually right next door to one another. And we're excited about it. This is amazing. Yeah. Now, I, I'm, I'm really going to be torn. Maybe I'll jet <laughs> in for a day or two. Well, we all know um, you and your Tesla. So Myrtle Beach International Airport does accept private flights. If you can get one of your, uh, your friends to loan you their plane. My Tesla was cheap, by the way. And I, I have, um, can I be totally ADD at this moment? Sure. Um, yesterday, I, I had a, a realization and I had a discussion with my wife about this. And it, she's a sounding board on pretty much everything I do. And I said, honey, I'm thinking I've ordered a new car. I ordered it a couple months ago. We don't know when it's going to be here. And it's a Ford Mach-E. It's like a, a smaller SUV electric Ford. And she's like, yeah, okay, cool, cool. And I said, I'm, I'm really thinking I might go back to um, a gasoline engine car, one that's, you know, running on the gooey dinosaur juice. And she's like, why? You, you love your little zippy toy car. She calls it the toy car. The Tesla? Yeah. And I said, well, everybody's going to have an electric car and you're not going to be able to charge them. Mm-hmm. And then, then there's the reality that in order to make the battery for one car, you pretty much have to uh, totally crap on Mother Earth to get all of the rare earths and the elements. Now, if you multiply that by 10 million cars, you are just doing so much more damage that I'm, I'm really feeling not, I'm not a greenie. I'm not an environmentalist. But I, I want to bring forth that I'm not someone who's advocating for destruction of the planet just because I like driving a really fast car. I can buy a fast car that runs on gasoline. And so I'm probably going to go back to BMW. All right. It's official. I said probably. So there's wiggle room in there. I have to see what I can get. Um, they're very expensive to insure. I don't know if you knew this. No, they're- I didn't. They're almost 50 to 90% more expensive to insure. So if your insurance bill is a thousand bucks a year, it could be 2000 bucks a year because they're so expensive to fix. Yeah. Because you can't like, there was a video on YouTube where a guy literally, he, he destroyed his Tesla because to replace the battery and it cost more than the car was worth. 
So he just blew it up instead. That might be an exaggeration, but that's okay. That's hyperbole is. No, no, it was real. He showed the bills and everything. It was the first or the second generation model that they did. So second generation is the model S. The first one was a little tiny uh, coupe that was a lot of fun. I drove one on Earth Day in 2009 with uh, Montel Williams and I were doing an Earth Day show out in California. And we went to the Tesla store. They were based on the Lotus Elan. It was a great little car. It was a lot of fun. But nobody could hear you or see you. Because it was so small. So I, you would die instantly. Yeah, I remember it. I remember them saying there's nothing to let anyone know you're near them or sitting there or anything. Yeah. Let's move to the you All to right, the so, uh, what we're here. Uh, basically, the whole problem for this as it is. And I got to say, again, this is like the sixth day in a row. I get this damn call from the RNC on my cell phone and I'm so tired of it. I, I, I keep telling this man with this radio like voice to stop calling me. Well, um, do you warn them that you're going to take action if they won't stop calling you? I keep trying to tell them that I'm I'm in the I'm literally an officer in the party. <laughs> it's That's so funny. Well, thank you so much for your support. And I'm like, you don't get it. Are you a moron? Anyway, <laughs> Zelensky. Can't you block the number before we get into Zelensky? Yeah, you go um, to your phone. There's a, when you push your info. Do it. I know. Lock the number. I'm gonna do it right now. Anybody who's really in the party looking for you has your number, and they will call you not from a phone bank. They're calling me from from Washington D.C. Potential spam. You see, <sighs> that, that alone, that insta block for me. That's a, as James Woods uses the term insta block. You've earned it. So. Zelensky addressed Congress today. Nancy Pelosi decided to uh, put her ugly mug up there and have him come on in and and address Congress and show a propaganda video of a bunch of, um, you know, war, like first before the pre-war cities and the post-war cities, I guess you could say, right? Yeah, they did an A-B comparison. Here's Ukraine before February 24th, and here's Ukraine now. And, you know, I know know there is... A, a significant amount of editing and heartstring tugging that is embedded in that video. But you have to say there are a lot of dead people and screwed up buildings right now due to one guy over in Russia. No. Are you telling me this doesn't exist? No. Is- and I'm so sick of you implying that because I'm not buying into this whole, this whole nonsense feel so horrible for the people of Ukraine thing that I think it's not happening. That, that That's not the case. The point is, is that for me, they're using us. It's so transparently clear. They're you, that video is designed to make you do what you just did. Well, Zelensky stands there and asks us for a no-fly zone and, and supplies and, and airplanes and invokes Martin Luther King Jr., and then all of Congress stands up clapping and goes out and, and, and inauthentically stands in front of the microphone about how terrible it is in Ukraine right now because of this horrible, tyrannical Russian leader. And they're not telling anybody the truth about anything. They're just trying to rope us in to another damn war we have no part in. I am not for a war. I, I do not want an American man or woman fighting in Ukraine. I do not want that at all. Uh, I do not want a no-fly zone 
because that means we have American pilots, Canadian pilots, British pilots trying to shoot down Russian planes. That starts World War III. I'm not for that. But we have to find somewhere between that extreme thinking of that if you if your heart beats and your eyes cry for Ukraine losing lives and have three million people who walked or drove out of the country that they loved, that there's got to be some middle ground here. There has to be more that we can do in terms of getting um, self-help to the people of Ukraine. No, is that wrong? No, I, I don't think it's wrong, but everything inside of me says that, you know, maybe if we didn't meddle around over there in the first damn place, they wouldn't be in this situation as it is. And, you know, billions of dollars of aid have been passed to go over there to help these people. Right. And we have enough issues here that we could use that billions of dollars for. Like, why didn't they finish the border wall? We had to take it from the Defense Authorization Act money to build the, the, the wall on the southern border. They wouldn't give Trump more money to do that. There are Russian immigrants and, and, and Ukrainians coming here to the United States, too. Not that I would be against taking some refugees from Ukraine. That's not what I'm talking about. But I just feel like, you know what? Enough already. If we just turned on our own oil spigot and, and minded our own business, I, I don't even know if any of this would be happening right now. Uh, fair point. And you and I are both 100% connected on American energy independence and on America protecting its border. And if you haven't looked at the latest news out of the border with uh, the cartels waging war against the people along the border, uh, that's a, a situation that's getting absolutely zero attention. The BBC is the only major news corporation I've seen covering the war literally yeah. a war shooting war on our border our southern border they just uh, arrested 30 people here in south carolina in my county yesterday who were trafficking drugs for a cartel out of mexico fentanyl all kinds of stuff and no attention is paid there well we have all these people in their empty suits standing up clapping for a foreign leader who sits in front like what the hell was that it was it was a it was to pull the wool over Americans eyes. That whole entire choreographed nonsense address was so that they have a reason in Congress now to say, oh, well, you know, we heard from Zelensky. You saw the photos of the horribly bombed places and we need to do something to help the American people need to get behind it. That's what this was. This was nothing real. You think Zelensky couldn't have this conversation with Pelosi or whoever? Who, who, by the way, yesterday came out in a little press conference and I don't even know what the hell she was saying. These are the people that we're supposed to be placing our trust in. This conversation couldn't have happened behind closed doors. They needed to do that. That was just a big, the American people are stupid. Let's show them how stupid we think they are moved. And that's just what it was. Well, you can say that about any propaganda, that it, but I don't know if they're out and out saying the American people are stupid. These are people trying to get public opinion on their side. That's the whole reason politics and, and spin exists. But they think that we're going to fall for that crap. And I'm telling you that nine, 90% of the people, at least that are, are up to speed with what's going on, won't. And for those people, it's transparent what the hell they're doing. It's transparent. It's a, it's a PR move and nothing more. He did not need to come and talk to Congress unless there's some 
minute chance that there will be a, a war action brought in front of Congress. And this is what they're going to stand on to justify their decision. Well, they better not come to Congress with some kind of war powers or declaration of war. Okay. Yeah. Who do you, who do you declare against Russia? Now we have world war three. I don't think there's any appetite anywhere for that. And Biden is the guy who said, I don't want any more of our treasure on the, uh, on the battlefield. Uh, well, he, and, he says that out of one corner of his mouth, the one that works. Well, out of the other corner of his mouth, we've sent goodness knows what over there. And where's the CIA? You don't think that they're in the in Ukraine right now? Sure. We had people training uh, Ukrainians at that that one base that the Russians bombed last week. That's 16 miles from the Polish border. We had Americans there a couple of weeks ago, absolutely training Ukrainians to try and tell them, hey, if this happens just before the war happens. So we, we you know, we've got people still there. It, it's it's I have the clip, which I, I have handy here somewhere in this little here we go. Which clip? This is Nancy Pelosi yesterday. I want you to listen to this. Tell me. Oh, this is the one that got no attention. And this is her um, talking about Zelensky and the no fly zone. Do you have any do you have this teed up? Uh, it'll take me a second, but I, I did have it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yours sounds better. So we'll, I'll, right. I'll see. I, I have that one. And we also have to do, uh, Biden's declaration, uh, Biden's fumble. Is oh, what? That he's sick. His, that, that he's sick with COVID, even though it's real. Yeah. Okay. We can play that too. Yeah. The first lady's husband. We have yeah. to get, that's just, uh, come on. We have to have a little fun. Okay. Say so this was, um, Nancy Pelosi and, uh, she was having a little press event. And maybe even having a little bit of a um, ischemic neurologic event, too. Who knows? Just saying. Yeah. Yes. But they know that we can't go there. Uh, the, the, Putin is trying to bait the trap so that uh, we go in. And that's the beginning, could be the beginning of World War Three. Yeah. Uh, Putin totally irresponsible using weapons that are not allowed under the Geneva Connect. Convention. Putin, who uh, threatens chem use of chemical weapons. Um, he didn't do that. Nuclear and the rest. So they know that we can't. But it's the ask. Now, he was uh, this morning more. Let's if we can't have an if we can't have a no fly zone, let us have our own. And we need the airplanes to come in. I, I got to stop it there. First of all, the hand gestures. Yeah. There, I know she's Italian and the hand gestures are half of talking if you're Italian and don't it don't bother me people on this one. You I'm know, Italian. You don't have I, to tell me twice. I know. I know. Uh, and so she stops there and a reporter basically asking her uh, to verify or confirm this this request for the no fly. and What do you do about the planes? And uh, she kind of gets lost in the sauce again. <laughs> No, 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 no. This morning he was less on the on the ask for the um, uh, that policy, more on let us do it, help us get the planes. So but stop, stop it for a second. School of thought that thing. All right, yeah. This, this, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. What, what the no fly zone versus the give us the planes? Yeah. Well, no, giving them the planes gives them the it's like giving them rifles, giving the civilians rifles. No, it's all of it's the same thing. And there are millions of American casualties, Mike. Millions. Do you want to know where they live in America? 
Now, I'm not sure what you you said. It's the same thing. She's it's the same about- thing. If she's giving them our planes to enforce a no fly zone that they want, it's the only difference. It's it's a it's a it's a basically like a, it's a distinction without a difference. Is that the right way you say it? Well, I, she's not giving them our planes. And a- there's a little bit of an okie doke in here. Here's what here's how this works. And this is how you can. It's plausible deniability. Uh, not necessarily distinction without the difference, but it is Poland giving their Russian MiG-29s to the Ukrainians. And the Ukrainians know how to fly the MiGs because they have few too. And, and Pelosi talking about us being the ones. Well, Pelosi's then saying we will backfill Poland as a NATO ally. Every plane that Poland gives to Ukraine, we will replace or sell them a MiG. I, have, I, I mean, an F-35. I have breaking so, news. What? I have breaking yes. news. We're already in World War Three, Mike. Oh, of course we are. It's a proxy war right now. <sighs> this is all such nonsense. All right. Well, we got to get back to more. We, we need a little lightness here. So here's P- Pelosi talking tough. One of your Italian people. Mm. Get a little kooky. Grandma, grandma's getting a little Nancy gets a little nasty here. Anti-aircraft missiles and the rest are a very important way. Myself, when I see that, that those tanks, that 40 miles of tanks, I'd like to take out those tanks. I mean, I I think that uh, them having more planes might be useful, but that I'm not a a military strategist. Then shut up. We hope that we will be able to get up to a place. I hope you asked me how I, I hope that we can get to a place where the uh, MIGs, which are the kinds of planes they've been trained on. The kind of planes that have to hand up there. How much information the, do you remember when Trump was president? Like we didn't know anything that was going on in terms of like the backroom stuff that they were talking. Right. Right. She's basically trend, you know, she's basically telling Russia, by the way, they haven't been trained on any other plane. Well, you know, we Blinken did this on Sunday. Anthony Blinken, when he went on the talk shows, and he basically said, look, we're good with Poland giving MiGs to Russia, and we will replace those with American military hardware. But the MiGs have to go because the Ukrainians already know how to fly them. They just got to put different stickers on the tail and the wings. This is the thing. It, it As from the very beginning of this, this is a war being fought in the media. Yeah. By people who are not in the military, the Congress. <laughs> and the the reality is we are teetering very close to being actually involved in it. And then, you know, I'm, I'm not even we haven't even gotten to the sanctions yet. The new the sanctions from Russia. Yeah. But who enforces those? Uh, the Russian sanctions? Yeah. I, that's the that's like a pillow fight. You know, somebody came over and said, I sanction you. Yeah, what? I'm going to even Hillary Clinton mocked it. It's, so, you know, the Russian sanctions, although the, there might be of the 13 Americans who were sanctioned yesterday by Russia, there may be one who actually is going to experience some financial pain out of all of them. Who? Hunter. Oh, because they sanctioned Hunter. And I I'm not sure he's not doing business. In Russia, you know, remember the wife of the former mayor of Moscow wrote him a big check. I'm surprised that they sanctioned Hunter, given China's involvement, which there was a seven hour meeting with China yesterday as well, Mike. Yeah. And how do you 
take this uh, this latest bit of rumor that China's going to come out the winner on this because they're going to negotiate the peace. Um, they always come out the winner somehow, in quotes. But it, that's that's kind of where this is leaning. I don't know that. I Look, all I know is there's been a there's been a kind of global uh, elite assessment that it's time to take the world in a new direction. And all of the things going on for the past couple of years conveniently happened to check all the boxes of the things that those elites, quote, needed in order to get that done. I think the whole thing is a big facade right now. Yeah, real people are dying. Yes, there's real people getting hurt. You know, do you have any way of knowing who it is that bombed the, the, the maternity hospital and if there was anyone in there for real? Like, I don't believe anything that I see. I believe the people are getting hurt sometimes. I mean, there, there have been documented um, false flag, quote, attacks on military installations. Even in the Iraq war, the, the babies in the incubators, that was all fake. Now, that happens, right? False flag attacks happen. We attempt to, uh, even in fourth grade, I made a paper airplane and wrote my best friend's name on it. And I, when Sister Mathana was facing the blackboard, I threw it and it hit the blackboard and she picked it up and she went, well, Mr. Donahue, you have an Air Force, do you? So I understand false flags from a very early part of my life. And I know it happens in warfare. I know it happens all the time. But I would think that the preponderance of the evidence shows that there is more than just a false flag attack going on here. And three million refugees says a lot as well. Well, yes and no. Let's play devil's advocate on that. I'm going to be the here. If you were living in Ukraine right now and you were consuming media, would you not, if you had the opportunity, leave so that you weren't in the playground of those who want to use your country as a stomping ground for greater and bigger things? The three- we had this discussion. She's like, well, if that happened here, would you stay and fight? And I said, I, you know, I'm a big believer in freedom in America. And if I believed we were under attack, I think I'd fight for freedom. Three and million I, people may not. Uh, well, that's true. Out of 40 million. So we're talking about about 8% of the population. Uh, you don't think that 8% of the left in this country wouldn't flee to go somewhere else if there were a war on our soil? No, I think 70% of them. (laughs) So those are your refugees. They're not, they're not fleeing for any other reason than I don't want to be here when the S hits the fan. Well, yeah. And the S is, I think the S is hitting the fan. Well, I mean, there are a lot of things that you, there are a lot of things happening that you haven't detailed that would lead you to believe that there is not just a, a um, Putin war here. And that is the, the fact that Kiev is not yet, been taken after 21 days and they have military superiority and uh, control of the air. The fact that they haven't shut off the power or stopped Zelensky does make you wonder why. And that's the question we need to constantly ask. And we're not getting any solid answers out of even, even like we talked about, like some of the videos that are coming out on other platforms like TikTok, for example, we know now for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that TikTok is being used as a propaganda weapon as well. TikTok, first of all, run by China. We all know that. But also the Biden White House had all these little dancing TikTok influencers in 
to give them a line of BS about what they should talk about on the platform in regards to the United States and this conflict and gas prices and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. And may I go on record officially as saying, if you have TikTok on a computer or a phone, you're a dope and you need to delete it. I have TikTok on my phone. You're a dope and you need (laughs) to delete it. It is a complete backdoor to China. Every Chinese server farm is downloading TikTok accounts and activity, and they are going through it and trolling through it. Every single one. What do you mean TikTok accounts and activity? Like what I look at on my TikTok? Yep. And if you upload anything, everything you look at through TikTok, and they also have access to your entire computer. Well, it's not on my computer. Well, is it on your phone? Yeah, it's on my phone. Okay. So they have access to everything on your phone. Oh, so Apple's allowing that backdoor to happen? Uh, Yeah. Absolutely. How does it work? Do you have any documentation on that? Uh, I want you to look up. Yeah, we need to get Gordon Chang on here. Would you mind if we got Gordon on? Sure. I'm always down for a good interview. Gordon is the best expert, I believe, on China and the region. And uh, we'll talk about TikTok with him. Give me a couple days. I might have to get him for Monday. That's fine. uh, I'd like to know exactly how they're exploiting the rest of the contents of my phone from their app. Um, it's access. It's a two way street. You know, if, if there's a two way street that exists, uh, there's traffic on both sides, inbound and outbound. I'd and like, t- I'd like to know like what exactly they're looking at or for. Uh, they have servers that have AI that search for everything. It's like, what do you think is going on outside of, um, Salt Lake city at that giant server farm we have that the, that they've been monitoring us for the last couple of decades. So that's my argument against all this is that anybody that wants anything from me at this point, Mike has it. Well, I don't want China having it. I already, I agree with you. I, I drove by that server building, that giant area. I didn't even approach the gate and a white van came by and asked me if I was lost five <laughs> minutes after I started <laughs> Driving around and just taking pictures of the area. Are right, you lost? Did you miss a turn? No, yeah. sir. I'm good. I'm just taking pictures of your server farm. Well, you couldn't even really see. It's the craziest thing in the world. And it's using not only a ton of energy, but a ton of water in an area that needs both. So it's a story for another day with Mike wandering around the secret NSA building. That's, in- that's funny. I, I Well, I mean, I'm just I want to close up because I have a lawsuit review you might be interested in. Oh, okay, please. Um, but but I just think that this was a clearly, clearly a a move to basically propagandize the American people with a useless address to Congress so we could watch them all stand in virtue single signal and clap and use this as the background for whatever they want to do next. And I don't know what that is, but I can tell you by the posturing and the discussions, it's not hands off, let's stop, inter- you know, it's not. Well, uh, two questions. First of all, I will openly state I cried when the kids were dying. It's just that gets me and they know that. And that's why they put that in there, because it will strike everyone with a with a heart. And especially folks like you who are parents, it'll hit you hard because you say there. But for the grace of God, go I. But where where do we go? And we've all thrown our hands in the air here and said, what's next? I don't know what's next. Do you, do you no. really, no, do you no, have any I, thoughts on how do you unplug Putin other than 
hope and pray that somebody takes them out. I don't. I, I think that everybody needs to be unplugged. That's the thing. We've been messing around and meddling all over the place, along with governments all over the way. Just like everybody leave each other alone and stop trying to take things from other people and then stop subjecting the citizens in your country to your stupid, tyrannical whims on all sides. Well, I agree with you. And that goes back to the libertarian baseline foundation of don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. Mm -hmm. But how do you unring a bell that's been clanging for 25 or more years in Ukraine and all around the world? It's not just biolabs. You can go back to the, what was the movie Z that talked about the Tupamaros in South America and you could see the revolutions. You know, the CIA had something back in the the late 60s, early 70s called the Division of Traffic Control. And we would go into foreign countries in the under the guise of teaching them, hey, we're going to show you how to put up traffic lights and, and yield signs and stuff like that. And we weren't doing any of that. We were overthrowing governments mm-hmm. to to try and get rid of the commies. And, and this is this is one of the reasons why I, I sometimes sit there and sigh exasperated in my just despair of what is happening all over the world. And I can tell you, we're certainly not going to be able to do any of the things that we'd probably need to do to quell this with a bunch of of little stomping babies as leaders who instead of instead of sitting down at the table and saying, all right, guys, let's let's get to, to this. They 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 marionette their like act as uh, puppeteers for their citizens who are really the ones in control, especially here are supposed to be in this country. And they, they, they virtue signal on the world stage and they lie. And how do you get anywhere with people like that? How, but I'm not well, willing to say it's all, it's all on Putin's shoulders because I, I just, we're not helping the situation. That's just my, so point. who, who do we replace 535 people with? Well, it's not all of them. Pardon me for ending a sentence in a preposition. Whatever, grammar Nazi. I will be in trouble with Sister Mathana's ghost for that. I just, I don't know. I'm not a, a world, you know, I'm not in a position to be doing this. Just like Nancy Pelosi shouldn't have been sitting up there with her teeth falling out of her mouth, blathering on and on about war strategy when she herself said she's not a military strategist. She's the Speaker of the House, though, Mike. And she's the one who organized this little discussion from Zelensky, right? So. when you go back and listen to the very beginning when she's introducing him and he's just starting to speak, listen to her giggle. Like a little schoolgirl. She is giggling like a little schoolgirl. Now, this might be from sleep deprivation because I don't think any of those people are used to being up and dressed for work that early. I know it was nine o'clock in Washington. I think. But, that- but the giggling always gets me. It's not just the dumb thing she says. It's the giggling, too. She's she, these are. No offense to some of the older people in our audience who have it all about them. Okay. Or They're- on the other microphone. <laughs> but these are not people who should still be making policy when they can't even speak clearly. Yeah, we can go back to Jay Leno um, a bazillion years ago. We can go back like 30 plus years when Jay Leno uttered one of the great lines. And when Reagan was running, us. Yeah, uh, he's old. My my grandfather's younger than he is. We don't let him have control of the remote control, much less the button. There you go. And that that is true. So speaking of which, 
I don't find this whole snafu that he made all that concerning. Um, I think that this was something easy to do, but play the Biden thing. So then we can get into the lawsuit review and I, it, it's funny, but <laughs> well, it, on um, yesterday was Tuesday, right? And in my old music radio days, we used to do do for Tuesdays where we'd give you a double play of songs that would uh, tickle your fancy, like a two from the Eagles. And so let me see if I've got Joe Biden. And, uh, and first of all, he was talking about um, Jennifer Granholm, his energy secretary. Did you hear this one? No. Okay. Same event just before it. Here's Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. The former governor, Jennifer Granholm, the energy department. The former daughter. Yeah. Crazy. I often kid her, and I wasn't kidding early on when I was seeking the nomination. Had she been born in America, she'd be standing here and I'd be sitting there. God help us. She's the former governor of the state of uh, Michigan. <laughs> Michigan, wrong. She was a former state. She, she was a governor. <laughs> um, okay. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even know what's going on. No, no, he, he does not. Okay, so then right after that, he made this wonderful moment for us. Stage, but that's enough, too. Look at the stage. <laughs> but there's been a little change in the arrangement of who's on the stage because of the first lady's husband uh, contracting COVID. But uh, look at this room and what you see. Now, somebody shouts like, uh, you got that wrong. <laughs> he goes, pardon me? He looks to his right. And he still doesn't know that he's got it wrong, saying the first lady's husband has tested positive for COVID. That would be you, sir. <laughs> That's right. She's fine. It's me. <laughs> That's not together. The second lady, the first gentleman. How about that? That's because... The second lady, the first gentleman. That's because there's never been a female vice president before, and he's not used to having to address a first, a first, second gentleman. I know, but it's still funny. It is. Well, where's the Australian? Oh, I didn't have her queued up. Oh, what in God's name is Joe Biden trying to say? See? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I wasn't prepared. I'm sorry. That's okay. It's all right. I don't have. I didn't have the soundboard up. There's some. It was so much going on today. I've been busier than a one-legged man at a butt-kicking contest today. But that's okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to complain about that, too. Michael Palka said something about one-legged people. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be something that people talk about. I have something else. Okay, please. So the Navy SEAL won v. Biden, Austin, etc. at all lawsuit, where there are several plaintiffs who have sued the Department of Defense and all the other departments of, you know, all of the other branches of the military and the president to stop the vaccine mandates. Right. Yes. There was a hearing in a there was a hearing to dis, for the judge to decide whether to stay or pause the temporary injunction that he had put in on the Navy taking action against a commander of a ship that is supposedly very important and causing all kinds of military issues. Meanwhile, the things in training. So it's all a big farce. 
But they filed a bunch of exhibits and stuff the plaintiffs did in this hearing. And one of the things that they filed was an Alcon or an all concerned memo that was written from a commander or a, a I'm sorry, the director of surgery or the Department of Surgery major in in the uh, Texas National Guard. Okay. And some people might ask, well, why was the joint surgeon general, uh, the the deputy joint surgeon? I'm sorry. Some people might say, well, why is that important in this case? Because it speaks to overall culture. And I want to read this to you, Mike, so you can hear what this memo says. It's insane. Uh, I'm all in for insanity. Fire away. Okay. It says, read these, read up on vaccines, be familiar with facts and myths related to the vaccines, be prepared to counsel lots of soldiers and their spouses and commanders and that dude serving lunch at the uh, um, at the armory. Read the regulation. Did you ever see a religious exemption for vaccines? No, you haven't. That kid talking about one kid who who got a religious exemption. They say that kid was administratively separated during IET. Soldiers will try. Soldiers will fail. Don't apply science to the regulation. It will hurt your head. Mm. And as a reminder, well, hold on. Let me pull up the whole thing because there was another part of this that was just absolutely, absolutely insane. The, the ending will make your skin crawl. But basically what this guy says is, is our job to force our soldiers to get vaccinated. We can't tackle them. We can't push them down to the ground. But it's our job to basically force them to get the vaccine. Pfizer is the only vaccine that may be mandated, but the other vaccines meet the intent and are authorized substitutions. None of them are none of them are authorized substitutions. They're under EUA and you can't force somebody to get a vaccine under EUA. Not allowed. And there is an argument that community is not even available anyway. And they're just injecting the the Pfizer version one anyway. Um all vaccine operations will be IAW DOD instruction uh, 65 or 6205.02 DOD immunization program. So he's referencing the DOD policy. And then he says, as a reminder, it is our job to convince soldiers to receive the vaccine. If you personally are not able to fulfill this role, please privately message to the state surgeon CDL Peter Caldwell at blah, 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 blah. Don't reply all, i.e. if you don't morally feel you can do this, convince soldiers to get vaccines, please let us know. The end the end of it, um, well, they talk about how even if somebody gets a medical exemption, that that means they probably shouldn't be fighting anyway, and they deserve to be booted. Okay, I hope someone is taking up this cause, and I think this all gets thrown out, all of this gets thrown out, when you apply one sentence in there, and that is the one that says you're you're not allowed to use science. Yeah. Do not there therein lies a complete denial of facts. It, I'm going to read the paragraph under medical exemptions. It says temporary medical exemptions are outlined in the reg as we do um, annually with the flu vaccine. Those who are pregnant or breastfeeding, undergoing chemo, HIV, HIV positive, etc., may be referred to their treating provider for consultation and given a temporary exemption. Don't apply science to the regulation. It'll hurt your head. Pregnancy is specifically listed as a condition for which a temporary exemption may be warranted. Apply common sense. If you're considering a permanent exemption due to underlying health conditions, it'll require substantiating 
medical documentation from the treating provider. Anyone requiring a permanent exemption probably warrants a permanent three profile and either administrative separation or referral to the DES. Administrative separation. Yeah. Yeah. And it ends with a Latin line. It says this, as a reminder, refusals are a command issue, not a medical issue. We will not bully or physically coerce anyone to get the vaccine. No screaming, no tackling. Thank those who refuse for self-selecting into the control group. It finishes with the line. I don't want to say this wrong, but the Latin means the dose makes the poison. That's the last line of the of the. What's the uh, what's the Latin phrase? The Latin phrase is dosi sola facet venenum. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I say six semper tyrannis. <laughs> It's true. In, re- in response, uh, semper ubi sububi is also there, which means always wear underwear, but it's gra- grammatically incorrect. It just rhymes. Listen, always wearing underwear is important, especially when you could potentially be in a car accident. Well, it, it, I don't mean to diminish uh, your your preview of this. This is important. This is really vital. I am absolutely pro personal responsibility and personal health choice, especially when it comes to this. Uh, You may decide not to get it, and I will respect your decision to the ends of the earth. And the people who choose to put on a uniform and put their lives at risk to defend our freedom should have that choice even more heightened and protected. Just my opinion. This case is is crazy. It's very involved to the point where... I'm really the only one following it like this. And every day there's a new filing on this docket, like every single day. Typically you get, you know, a few days between things. But this thing is miles long now and it has gone back and forth and back and forth. And the the transcript of this gentleman who is still under, you know, there he's basically confidential in the lawsuit because he doesn't want reprisal. Um, he the transcript of his testimony is like just basically it's it's insane to read because all of the reasons they're saying he must force a, be, be injected with this or lose his all of the things he's worked for as this commander of this of this ship are contradicted by by just basic logic by facts. And yeah. Science. Let's yes. just talk about the science, which you don't want your head to hurt. So don't bring up science. That's literally in there. Now, people are saying there's been a couple of people in the military. Well, actually, just one one guy has been commenting saying this is this is a low level thing. I'm like, but they reference the DOD manual and it's a culture thing. That's the point. Yeah. Uh, the culture of the military is being forcibly shifted and uh, to wokeness and greenness and not just overwhelming power. And we're we're forcing out the people who we need in those positions. It's sad. Yeah, it is. And then there's one more little lawsuit thing I wanted to talk about. I know we're at 1059, but we're not. It's all right. I I have I you're not getting out of here until you answer the vital question of the day, which I will bring up after you finish. All right. Okay. so the RNC, uh, Mike, did you see the lawsuit they filed Uh, where they brought in uh, Salesforce? Yeah. So I read through their complaint and their exhibits and stuff this morning because I was really interested in this. They're suing the January 6th committee and Salesforce because the January 6th committee, which isn't and they they argue this in the lawsuit, it isn't even a legitimate House committee. No, it's not. It's it's um, 
talk about propaganda. Mm. It's it's the midterm elections propaganda committee is what it is. It's it's a committee that did not follow any rules whatsoever and is acting with the broadest power that any committee has ever had ever. Even the Spygate committee underneath the Democrats didn't do this. God. That's they're only emboldened because we didn't smack them down after the Spygate. Yeah, I know. I know, which there's a lot of stuff going on there. The percolating with that. We'll we'll tackle that maybe on Friday or Monday. I don't know. We'll see. But this this lawsuit is basically Salesforce was subpoenaed by the January 6th committee to give up all kinds of information about the RNC and its donor base and their activities and how many times they clicked on emails, opened emails, acted on links, their information, what they donated to when they donated to it. And they're so they're they're trying to make the case that somehow the RNC profited from the January 6th event and or prodded the event to happen. But the subpoenas are going to these third party providers. They're not going to the RNC. So they sent a subpoena to Salesforce probably and, and threatened them, as is very clear in this filing where yeah. they added Salesforce as a defendant now. They're threatening them, like either you turn over this information or who knows what they're saying behind the scenes. Like, I'm sure Salesforce is experiencing some pushback from the woke 3% right now just for having the RNC as a client. Yeah, because you're not allowed to have differences of opinion and shop in the same stores. That's legitimately true, though. I know. That's the generalization I'm making, but that's the way the that extreme... Far left thinks this way. The extreme, the social justice warrior far left thinks this way, that you should be canceled from society. And just just another point on that. Klobuchar is in Ukraine. She's in Ukraine streaming from Twitter. Okay, supposedly over there. And I'm saying to myself, okay, these are the same people that cowered under their desk on January 6th, crying about PTSD, placing themselves in a war zone. Hmm. Doesn't make any sense. That's contradictory. <laughs> they were the, they well, she could be safely back inside Fort Pelosi if she wanted to be on the Capitol. But she, no, she could. No, be she's bravely. Although she she seems kind of tough. Didn't she announce her campaign from a snowstorm? Yeah, she did. And everybody talked about how she uses salad sporks as a comb. No, I think it's the other way around. I think she used a comb as a fork. Because she got a salad and nobody brought her a utensil. So she used a, a, comb. a comb to eat her salad. Whatever. <laughs> Disgusting. I, I don't know. I'm just saying that was a whole aside. But anyway, so the, the RNC is basically suing now to stop the subpoena, which General Flynn also did. The subpoena that they gave to General Flynn is so absolutely disgusting and wide reaching Full disclosure, I sit on the board of America's Future, with his, which is General Flynn, the not-for-profit that he's the chairman of the board on. So just to put that out there. But still, it's so, it's everything for like a year. And now, are we scheduled to have primetime hearings? Because I've heard that leading up to the midterms, <laughs> the ultimate plan is for this committee to hold its hearings in primetime to try and maximize the demonization of all the people that they are pointing fingers at on this uh, on this show trial or show committee they're doing. Which makes it even better that Project Veritas probably has so much more in their barrel. Oh, I'm waiting. 
I cannot wait for more of this. Yeah, that that uh, Pulitzer Prize winning reporter from the Times who said, "Oh, was, come on, you people, you're overreacting. You what do you call them, bitches? You crying bitches? Yeah, or, something like that. Or the p word he used. Oh, yes, he did. Yes, prevaricators. I think he called them <laughs> liars. Just saying. It was. Yeah. It, yeah so, I. Uh, are we are we out of time? I do. I really do want to test you on this. We're not out of time. We have as much time as you'd like. Good. Um, I saw something today and I said, OK, Tracy and I still in kind of the early stages of getting to know each other on a deeper level than we have through all our our history of uh, media discussions. So I need to know a little bit more about you and what your strengths and weaknesses are and who you are internally. And I have a pretty good idea, I think. So I'm going to send you an image and I, I, on your instant message. Okay. You can see that right yes. now. And uh, I want you to tell me the first thing you see in the image or the first thing that comes to mind when you see this image. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. It's on Skype you're sending it? No, I sent it on the text oh, message. Oh, here we go. Okay. Message. Okay, I see a little girl in a forest. Stop. Right there. I see a little girl. That's what you said, right? Yes. Okay. This is a new optical illusion that is being used to identify individual strengths and weaknesses. Oh, boy. And you could have either seen the little girl, the skull, the scenery. Okay. Those are the things that people say. So I, if I you saw see, the scenery second. Yeah, but you saw the little girl first. Yes. Those who see the little girl have a unique gift. They tend to move past life's difficulties and are able to overcome obstacles without comfort. Hmm. Their youthful spirit makes them determined to face challenges other people might have struggled to face. Their special perspective in life means they do not bow under pressure, even under difficult circumstances. Wow. So there you go. I, I will oh. post a link to this. So people can, I'll put it on my Twitter account at stunt brain, all one word, S-T-U-N-T-B-R-A-I-N, not stunted, as some of you have <laughs> stunt brain. The skull now. Yeah, well, the skull, if that's a secondary, uh, uh, the, your secondary was the scenery. Yes. And that adds into some others may have looked at a bigger picture and noticed the mysterious scenery first. If your eyes focused on the dark woods, it means your biggest strength is your ability to trust your instincts. So you are very instinctive as well. Yes, that uh, I can definitely tell you. Yes. Yeah. So, what did and, you see? Uh, I saw the little girl. Oh, good. And then I saw the skull. Oh, did you? Okay, what's the skull? The skull means your greatest strength is your intellectual power. Um, in other words, you're smart. And your deepest strength lies in your deepest thoughts. So um, I, I had the little girl first and then the skull second. And it's an interesting little study that uh, is uh, posted today online. And so I will post it on uh, my Twitter account. So maybe people can jump in and tell us what they saw first. I had a search for that skull. Isn't that interesting, though? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's kind of like a modern Rorschach test. Yeah, that's really cool. I like things like this. This is interesting. Well, we try to... Uh, stimulate the Brokaw, if you will. Huh. And I don't want anybody taking anything dirty out of that. I'm not doing anything. To <laughs> oh. I didn't oh, go oh. there. Do you do you remember when Tom Brokaw um, got sick at the 2012 RNC and missed a broadcast? 
And, no, and, because I was there. Yeah, I was there too. Mm. And uh, when there was a lockout, because the um, the arena was too full of people, so the fire marshals closed the door, and a lot of us were standing outside. Uh, and Brokaw was one of those people, and he went back to his hotel, and he had a little incident. And the story was that he took the wrong pill and may have taken the little blue pill. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, so, but that doesn't work like that. Um, well, when when brain number two gets more blood than it needs, brain number one can have some fogging issues. I guess. I mean, as far as I was aware of the studying that I've done on that, because it was useful in, in some COVID patients that it doesn't just automatically cause you to be excited in region number two. If you get excited in region number two, it sustains that excitement a little more powerfully than typically experienced. However, it's not a, a, uh, a trigger for it. It's not a, it's not a targeted smart bomb. <laughs> right. Say, I just know Tom Baroka. I didn't show up for work the next day. Then he had a problem with that medicine. Well, they say if it lasts more than three hours, you're supposed to call your doctor. And they got to drain uh, it. After you've called all your friends. You know? They have to drain it. Uh, oversharing lamp is now burning brightly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm lost. I lost my ability to even. Did I tell you I saw the little girl first? <laughs> so I have a unique gift, too, like you. <laughs> well, I guess that's it for today, Mike. That's it. That's it. You're the the shade of a tomato and we can go now. (laughs) Don't kill me. I'll die of embarrassment. You have been listening to the Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight podcast with Micah Opelka. Oh, you didn't do me. Sorry. With Tracy Means. (laughs) (laughs) You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify and Go to Locals and check out the brand new Uncover DC community we're building at uncoverdc.locals.com. We'll be back on Friday. This is an In the Trenches with Ian Beckles quick fix on Radio Influence. Now we can say, where were you when you found out that Tom Brady retired? And where were you when he unretired and he retired again and unretired? So that's where we are now. Tom Brady is a Buccaneer uh, for one more year. Uh, I'll be honest with you. If you listen to the Beckos and Retro Show, which is on every day or Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 on 95.3 WDAE, I've been saying the whole time he's not done. Okay? It just doesn't work that way. It just It's not that easy. We're talking about something that... Tom Brady loves more than anything, okay? It's what fuels him in the morning. If you take that away, you're not giving it away. Actually, you're giving it away. Nobody's taking away. You're just giving it away. It was taken away from me, okay? I love football to death. I wish I could play today. The money's great. Uh, Everything about football is beautiful. But at my age, obviously, I can't do it. It was taken away from me. He gave it up. He gave it up. It doesn't work that way, people. You work your whole life to get there and get that opportunity. So Tom Brady's back. The Bucks are back. The Bucks went from 20 to 1 uh, to, to win the Super Bowl to 10 to 1 in one minute. And that's Tom Brady. Uh, Ryan Jensen re-signed. From what I hear, he called Ryan Jensen up immediately and says, don't sign that. Don't go anywhere else. I'm coming back. So Ryan Jensen's coming back. Gronk's probably not too far behind. Now we're talking about players like Dominican Sue, 
maybe JPP don't know. All these guys are maybe were up in the air and didn't know whether they're going to come back. Now they're going to come back for one last run. Who's going to not want to be part of the last hurrah of Tom Brady? In the Trenches with Ian Beckles can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.